what's going on everybody welcome to episode 236 of the dfs dose podcast your fix of daily fantasy sports information strategy and analysis i'm your host ben hover joined as i always am by joey carrion and on today's show we finally have news in the nfl it's pumping out like crazy training camps are underway and it feels good to see things start to get shaken up after a few stagnant months just love opening up twitter going to 32 beat writers and seeing all of the wild speculation the camp reports who's getting used how and today we are going to do our best to decipher through what is actionable what might be cap and that's what we're going to do today joey how you feeling getting a little bit closer to nfl kickoff feeling great man i mean we're almost through the worst month of the entire year, or one of them. It's about to be August, about to be preseason, about to have week one DFS prices come out shortly. Life's good, man. Life is life is good, and I'm excited. It almost feels like there's meaning again to like existence. That is, that is true. Uh, you know, it gives us something to look forward to, something to grind on for four to five months, and, you know, ultimately brings us joy and, uh, makes you almost happy to be alive. Almost is is the key word there. I you know, you just mentioned your month rankings and you know, you tweeted that February was was the worst month of the year. I'm a little bit surprised. What what do you have against February? You know, we got the Super Bowl in February, got Valentine's Day in February. A lot of good stuff in February. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, first of all, Valentine's Day is just a hallmark holiday to get you to spend more money on priced up items. So fuck Valentine's Day. I don't need a reason to to want to spend money on on women or a woman. Yeah, that's just my like, bag naturally. I mean, in, in a perfect world, you should be doing that a lot of the time mm-hmm. for your girl. Either way, Super Bowl that was kind of the conundrum was should I rank it higher because it does have the Super Bowl, but then again, it's only one game. Other than that, February feels like the longest month of the year at times, just because it's cold out, especially in New York. It's winter and. There's just nothing to look forward to in, in February. Like, football's over after the first Sunday. So then you have a whole month of no football. You're in, like, the middle of the basketball and hockey season, which is cool or whatever, and co- in college basketball. But other than that, it's like, what what good does February serve? You know? Like, nothing. That is fair. That is fair. I, I definitely think I would have July bottom tier. Like, all of July this, this is 100% is, bottom tier. Th- this football news is the first time I've cracked a smile in, in July. <laughs> All right, we have a ton of stuff to get to, so so let's do it. Before we get into any of the real super impactful fantasy stories, though, I wanted to talk about Kyler Murray, who did get a massive $230 million extension with the Cardinals. He is going to be there long term. They have made Kyler their quarterback of the future. The interesting thing that people have been talking about all week is this little stipulation in his contract that requires Kyler Murray to independently spend four hours per week doing film study. So like, you know, they have these concerns that he's not focused on the game away from, you know, the facility on his own time. So they are requiring him to spend at least four hours doing film study. This seems like a weird thing to include in a contract for a guy that you're confident enough to pay 230 million dollars to yeah yeah i mean it is pretty weird and you know maybe they're just concerned about like his commitment to the off the field grind 
Mm-hmm. Obviously, he probably keeps his body in top condition and shape, and he's disciplined in that regard in terms of working out and eating right and recovery. But he may not be as disciplined as other quarterbacks when it comes to keeping up with the game plans and learning and maybe he kind of just relies on his natural talent and they want him to just become a more intelligent quarterback I don't know though obviously that's pure speculation but that would be my best guess and you know somebody put out a funny tweet yeah they made three charts of when cod gets dropped every year and for the people listening cod is a game which in which they activision whoever makes it for that year drops it at a specific point in time every year and it's usually late fall end of october early november somebody made a chart of of kyler murray's fantasy points before cod drops and after cod drops for the last three years and before cod drops he's like a 22 point per game quarterback after cod drops in you know, November or whatever, he's like a 14 point per game quarterback. (laughs) Like, like, is there, is like, is there coincidences in life? Oh, absolutely not. (laughs) That's not a coincidence. That, how could that be a coin? Isn't isn't he in Phase Clan? He's in Phase. Yeah, bro, if, that is not the a people coin. that <laughs> the people listening that don't know what Phase is, they're a gaming organization, the top gaming organization, in my opinion. That is so funny, man. Yeah, so it's like he's like hyper focused. You know, he's getting ready for every game, and then what about week eight ish? New, new COD drops, and he has to level up all of his guns, so he stops focusing. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. Um, we definitely will have to keep an eye on that as uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 drops this fall. So I will October be playing... October 28th. 28th, yeah. So Kyler Murray, definitely the type of player that you want to be playing early in the year in DFS and start fading right around the beginning of November. Yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The big fantasy story, which came out on, on Tuesday, is that Julio Jones finally has a home. He signs an $8 million one-year deal with the Tampa Bay Bucks. This happens to coincide with the same time that Chris Godwin gets cleared from practice earlier than expected. Godwin practicing this early in the offseason program is definitely a good sign for his week one availability. They add Julio Jones. Russell Gage obviously takes a hit here. There's a lot to dissect with this Julio Jones signing and the fallout of what it's going to do for the Bucks' fantasy assets. Yeah, obviously Julio Jones probably ends up in the best situation possible for you know his potential fantasy ceiling in my opinion just playing on one of the teams that is going to lead the league and pass right with one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL and then obviously Chris Godwin is still dealing with a torn ACL so he could be at least limited early in the season and Julio should be ready to go Julio is probably the third option in the passing game behind Mike Evans and Chris Godwin when they're fully healthy I think that obviously adding a talent like Julio Jones hurts the overall upside of the other players but I still think that this offense is one of the best in the NFL and Tom Brady can easily support two or three wide receivers in fantasy so I think I would still rank it Mike Evans as my favorite Chris Godwin as my second favorite especially now that he's cleared and ready to go and Julio Jones as my third favorite and then Russell Gage I think takes the biggest hit of all he got up to what a sixth seventh round ADP Yeah, I would expect him to drop uh, multiple rounds now. Yeah, so in my 
personal rankings. I updated them this morning. I moved Russell Gage down to the tier of guys past Kenny Galladay, past Christian Watson. I've got him sort of in that, you know, DJ Chark, Miko Hardman-ish range. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if that's good or not. I think that, you know, if he falls that far, he's he's a good draft pick. In my mm-hmm. opinion, there's still paths to him being involved just because of the offense that he's in. I'd be skeptical about Julio Jones. I, I just don't know exactly what role he's going to have because there are two alphas in this offense at this point with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Julio will get some run, but I'm not expecting him to be some 90% snap player. I think he'll be a situational player for the Bucks, which could still lead to spike weeks. But, you know, is he going to be a touchdown scorer? Because that's really what they what they lost in, you know, Gronkowski this year. That's kind of the role they need to fill. And Julio's always been the prototypical guy you would expect to be a massive red zone threat, but he's never been used that way. Do you see any scenario where the Bucks are able to finally unlock Julio Jones as maybe a red zone weapon and, and allow him to flourish in a way he hasn't before yeah i mean potentially for sure but you also have one of if not the best red zone weapon in mike evans right on your team who was put on this fucking planet to score touchdowns indeed like we said with mike evans like we said with mike evans on the wide receiver show like he's a lock for a thousand receiving yards and 10 plus touchdowns if he stays healthy i don't know if that's the role that they're going to use him in uh obviously we can kind of look and make comparisons as to what they might do when they had antonio brown kind of a similar situation right a ultra talented wide receiver that they bring in to be their wide receiver three you know how will that shake up the depth chart last season antonio brown was you know 50 to 65 percent snap player for the bucks and then at the end of 2020, you know, during their Super Bowl run, he was a 60 to 75% snap player on average. So I think that's probably how they're going to view it is Chris Godwin and Mike Evans are going to play in two wide receiver sets and then Julio Jones will come out in three wide receiver sets and, you know, definitely have a lower snap share than Godwin and Mike Evans. And I guess my main question for you is, do you think Julio Jones is a top 30 fantasy wide receiver now <laughs> uh no i i do not and honestly <laughs> if uh if you were to say hypothetically tweet that i would regard you as a stone cold clown <laughs> um in other elite wide receiver news michael thomas returned to practice on wednesday you know there was a lot of Concern, I think, over the past week when he started on PUP, but he is back. He's back on Twitter tweeting, unsurprisingly, he said, y'all favorite fantasy doctor lied, hashtag unfollow. Typical Michael Thomas uh, hijinks, but, you know, the real story is that he is back at practice. This definitely puts him on track to be back week one. You know, we look at this now with the Saints, Michael Thomas, Chris Olave, Jarvis Landry, Alvin Kamara, unlikely to get his suspension this year. Jameis Winston slinging the rock. This offense might be absolutely deadly. I think that you are correct. I think that all of the moves that they made in the offseason indicated that they are going to go to a more pass-centric offense. And now with Michael Thomas healthy and barring any setbacks over the next month, he should be ready to go. And then obviously you add Chris Olave, one of the top wide receivers in the draft. You add Jarvis Landry, you know, a career target earner. I think that this could be one of the better passing offenses in the NFL. And I think that the Saints players are just too cheap 
in fantasy football right now. Michael Thomas is going as the wide receiver 41 currently on underdog. I've I've been drafting Michael Thomas even before that. Chris Olave, I think, could be an absolute league winner this year, and he's going as the wide receiver 45, so a little bit past Michael Thomas. And then uh, Jameis Winston, I think, is a stone value at quarterback 19. I think he has a top 13, top 12 upside if he uh if he hits like his 90th percentile outcome yeah no i i absolutely love all the pieces to this offense i want to be stacking up the saints in best ball tournaments and Jameis winston quarterback 19 seems like a guy who could massively outperform that i wouldn't be shocked if he's top 10 this season if, if everything goes according to plan for them Jameis was actually very good last year until he tore his acl with a fraction so. of the weaponry too yeah, with with nobody. I mean, not even a fraction. Yeah, with, they they had zero of their top three receivers now. Yeah, they they had Marquez Callaway, Traquan Smith, and like Lil Jordan Humphrey as their top three options in terms of receivers. And yeah, I mean, so what what are you gonna do with that? Like, let's be real. In another situation where somebody is back earlier than expected, James Robinson has been cleared to practice following his torn Achilles much sooner, I think, than any of us expected. He's currently, you know, running individual drills at Jags camp, but it's encouraging to see him back. How are you viewing this James Robinson situation? The most recent example of a a running back coming off of Achilles was obviously Cam Akers, and, you know, his efficiency was down wildly from pre-injury but James Robinson may just be an absolute dog and I I think we have to start considering that in our James Robinson discourse yeah I was gonna ask you how much do you factor in him you know being an undrafted rookie comes out has one of the best undrafted rookie running back seasons of all time uh has a solid year two tears his Achilles though and now he's already back ready to go looks like he should be full go for week one how much you factor in him just being a dog and having that underdog mentality into your fantasy rankings. I mean, no bullshit. It's got to be a factor, right? Like, you know, this is a guy who (laughs) probably looked at it and, and he's like, man, like, you know, I was finally doing it. I overcame all of the adversity. And then he gets another one, you know, put right on his plate with the Achilles injury and you know, he's done it before he's overcome adversity and this wasn't going to stop him either. You got to give mad props to to James Robinson. Yeah, I think that obviously on a serious note, nobody is ranking based on whether they believe certain players have dogs in them or not. But I think it definitely makes a difference, right? Like Tom Brady in in his career, especially like last year in fantasy, you you know, he was like a ninth, 10th round pick. But Tom Brady just has that dog in him, you know? Okay. Like, some players are just going to get it done no matter what. Is James Robinson one of those players? Is he just going to come out and be productive no matter what just because he has that heart of a lion? Like, he's not a little beta bitch. I think it's a huge factor. I I really do. I'm going to be moving him up my rankings steadily. Um, Do you think it affects Travis Etienne's? value though that that's probably the most impactful question as you know etn throughout the offseason started around as a fifth round pick and you know he's moved all the way up to the third do we see that sort of readjust with robinson's expectations changing now will will etn begin to fall again oh i'm not too sure if he's going to fall just because like he has that prototypical you know workload that you're gonna want 
out of your fantasy running back, and that's just the pass-catching role, right? Mm-hmm. He's 100% going to be the preferred pass-down back in Jacksonville. They're going to use him as a wide receiver in some sets as well. I don't think James Robinson being there really does much uh, in terms of hurting his fantasy value. Obviously, it may limit you know, some carries or some goal line attempts that ETN might see, but that's not why we were drafting ETN to begin with. You know, that was kind of just a plus. We were drafting him just for the type of running back he is, and, you know, he could potentially be a top five, top six running back in terms of targets when it's all said and done. So, Mm, yeah, no, I kind of want to take the opposite stance. I mean, I I don't know exactly how impactful Robinson is going to be, but I think that him being there definitely does impact ETN's ceiling just because he really doesn't have three down, you know, potential anymore. Robinson will be a factor if he's healthy, I think. I mean, unless he's just total dust Cam Akers style, but it's like, can we continue to draft Travis ETN over guys like Brees Hall and, and Cam Akers? I don't know that we can with the, the potential split incoming. I really don't. Yeah, I mean, that that's fair. I, I just think that his pass catching upside is so good that I think it'll offset the the loss of, you know, some work on the ground from James Robinson and who knows if James Robinson is going to come back and even be effective? Uh, you know, you reference Cam Akers. What if he comes back and he's just not the same player, which is, you know, definitely in the range of outcomes. It is. It is. Uh, real quick, while we're talking about, you know, late round running backs who have overcome a lot, want to give a shout out to Chris Carson, who is retiring from the NFL. Unfortunately, just was really never able to get over the neck injury that he suffered. Yeah. Hate to see him go. He was a good player, good running back. Yeah. Just an unfortunate injury and that's that's the NFL what happens so what are you gonna do yep shout out Chris Carson I don't think that has very much impact in terms of fantasy I think that Walker and Penny were both being drafted as if Carson would not be playing mm-hmm. so yeah also shout out John Mechie you know he was unfortunately diagnosed with leukemia is unlikely to play football in 2022 the rookie second round wide receiver for the Texans he was getting some good camp buzz this is definitely an unfortunate story just from a human perspective i would expect the fantasy fallout to be a continued rise for nico collins first and foremost yeah for sure i mean i think that we're already starting to see it happen and we'll talk about that on friday but yeah i mean just unfortunate no prayers up for for john maggi prayers up all right joe burrow it was announced this week is getting surgery to have his appendix removed. This to me is a classic story that is a non-story. You know, obviously it's something that has to be reported and he's going to miss some practice over it, but I'm not too worried about Joe Burrow missing July practices. This has virtually no impact on his week one availability. If we do see a Joe Burrow dip, that's just a, that's just a discount that I would be buying. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, how much is Joe Burrow going to dip? I think a lot of people can, you know, sort through the noise with this story and, you know, understand that this has no impact on his fantasy, you know, upside for 2022. It's just a a standard surgery that a lot of people get, and I, I don't think it's going to impact his ADP that much. Or it shouldn't, at least. It shouldn't. Another non-story. <laughs> Apparently, Mac Jones is improving. I didn't even want to want to bring this up, but you, you felt the need to uh, include this in, in the show. Give us your your Mac Jones take here. <laughs> I mean, the take is is that is that like within the next two years he's going to be a top ten quarterback in the league. That's the take. 
what league? The National Football League. Popping over to the XFL, I could see him being top 10 there. USFL, he'll be top eight, guaranteed. NFL, no shot. Yeah. No shot. Absolutely no shot. Top 10? I said in the next two years, yeah, top 10. I don't know about all that. You kind of bugging. Top 10, top 12. He'll be up there with the upper echelon of quarterbacks. All right. Yeah, I mean, I I could see him being top 32, no doubt, no doubt. I mean, you're just a Mac Jones hater for no reason other than I'm a Patriots fan, so you have to not like him, even though he's probably the best quarterback from last year. I mean, that is fair. That is actually very fair. That is the only reason I ever trolled Mac Jones. Patriots news, Ramondre Stevenson is running with the ones Damian Harris running with the twos. Have we seen a flippening of the backfield here? Is Ramondre really RB1 here? I mean, potentially. I don't think we'll truly know until the season starts how they're going to view it. I think that throughout training camp, they might flip-flop between like Harris running with the ones and Stevenson running with the twos. But Stevenson was very good last year. He's one of, one of the most efficient running backs in the league. But Harris was also pretty solid last year he obviously scored 15 touchdowns he was the preferred goal line back so this is just a tough situation to gauge right now obviously only one day of Patriots training camp so far and a lot can change but nonetheless I was still on you know the drafting Stevenson train prior to this and this just solidifies that he's going to to be utilized in the offense quite a bit this year and then if Damian Harris gets traded or cut like Ramondre Stevenson sails to the moon I think right now you should definitely be drafting Ramondre Stevenson in best ball for sure yep definitely agree with that let's continue to move through the news here Josh Palmer who we recently talked about as a guy we're both super high on is quote expected to distance himself as the clear wide receiver during camp that is a report per the athletic you know his work ethic has been crazy him and Herbert spending a ton of time together you know typical stuff he's the last guy off the field first guy on the field for practice but it's just good to hear some encouraging Josh Palmer news and and that he's meshing well with Justin Herbert heading into year two yeah I mean definitely uh and like you said we talked about Josh Palmer and we kind of expected him to you know become that wide receiver three and I still personally think that Jalen Guyton will will play just for you know his ability to stretch the field but Josh Palmer from a talent perspective is obviously better than Jalen Guyton and then if Keenan Allen or Mike Williams were to go down I think he could fit well into either of their roles so you have a little upside there in terms of a potential injury and he's a great pick currently at at his ADP so all over Josh Palmer this year yep he has firmly entered my top 10 in terms of best ball ownership let's talk about some of the stuff we're hearing out of Bill's camp where you know it is quote pretty clear that the Bills want to see what James Cook can do in the open space as a pass catcher. This is what he was drafted for as a second round running back in Buffalo to add a pass catching dynamic that the team feels like Devin Singletary does not bring to the team. That's how he's being utilized thus far. And he's been doing some damage, uh, you know, according to camp reports. Yeah, I mean, James Cook has been running a ton of routes. He's been saucing up linebackers. Uh, He's been split out wide and you just love to see it especially in in this offense right and I've been drafting a ton of James Cook just because of 
his potential pass catching upside, but just from a running back room perspective, this potentially could be a three running back backfield. Uh, They've been talking up Zach Moss quite a bit over the last couple of days, and obviously that would hurt the ceilings of all three of these guys, but James Cook is going to have, I think, the most valuable role in this offense, and that is some of the work on first and second downs and then all of the pass down work, in my opinion. And I think he's one of the best uh, running back picks you can make right now. Yep, ton of upside just getting a pass catcher attached to the Bills, to be honest. So I I do like James Cook. Also with the Bills, Isaiah McKenzie opened up camp as the starting slot receiver over Jamison Crowder. You know, this could be a situation where, you know, the Bills are sticking with the guy who's been in the building for a few years and sort of easing Crowder in as he gets more familiar with the scheme and the playbook, etc. Or this could be a situation where Isaiah McKenzie is younger and more explosive and adds just a more dynamic element to the offense than what an old Jamison Crowder can. I don't think that we know what the answer to that is, but I do think that the ADP discrepancy is massive. And just for the fact that this could go either way, it makes Isaiah McKenzie an extremely enticing pick in the 17th round or later when Jamison Crowder is going, you know, around pick 130, 140. I'm all over Isaiah McKenzie this year just for the fact that if he does win the slot role and is you know, a borderline every down player for the Bills, he's going to be one of the biggest values in drafts when we look back at things at the end of the year. Yeah, I mean, he's going as the wide receiver 85 right now. That's obviously going up as Mm -hmm. the weeks go on. So, you know, you need to get your Isaiah McKenzie shares in quick if you're listening to this. And I think that he's just more talented right now than Jamison Crowder. And I think the Bills understand that. I think that he's a player that can make big plays if you get the ball in his hands. So I think they'll find some creative ways to do that and then uh they've also talked up their rookie wide receiver that they've drafted as well khalil shakir i think his name is Mm -hmm. and he's been playing really well too so you know maybe take a a stab or two on him in the 20th round on you know a site like drafters or DraftKings. but yeah i mean it's wheels up for some of these uh bills pass catchers that are pretty cheap and you know james cook and isaiah mckenzie and you know maybe uh you know khalil shakir shakir yeah i mean you know, Shakir, I think, is a good hedge on, on like, Gabriel Davis stuff. If, if he were ever to go down, then he could probably work his way into the field pretty quickly, and he's absolutely free, available as a 19th, 20th round pick right now. And best ball, interesting nuggets out of the Giants. There have been reports that Wandale Robinson has been, A, running with the ones, and B, getting extensive work in the backfield in scenarios where they kick Saquon into the slot. That's pretty interesting for the second round rookie. I wonder what type of role he's going to have if Brian Dable is going to find some Debo, Cordero, Patterson-esque, you know, hybrid role for Wandale. How much are you putting into this report? Yeah, I think it's clear that they're going to use Wandale from the jump. I think that he is probably an explosive playmaker and you want to get the ball to him in a variety of ways. We saw that with some videos coming out of Giants training camp. You know, they had him lined up in the backfield running some RPO stuff. And yeah, he's a starter in their three wide receiver sets. My stance on the Giants is still the same. I think that all of these guys are stone values. 
And I think that this could be a team that, you know, has finished 31st in offensive ranking two years in a row. I think that they could be a top 16 offense this year, top 15 offense, just because they single-handedly got the biggest coaching upgrade in the entire NFL from last year to this year. And I think that the offense is going to be more creative. I think that the offense is going to be way more efficient and they have the skill players to get the job done. So, I mean... I, I I hate just saying the same thing, but I'm buying all Giants players. And Kadarius Tony, I mean, looks like a rock-solid buy right now, too. Yeah, no, I'm starting to come back around on Kadarius Tony. The conundrum for me with Tony has always been that Kenny Galladay, I, I view as a guy who has, you know, alpha potential as a wide receiver one, and he's going later. So I've been trying to get my, my Galladay exposure, you know, two rounds later than Tony. But, I mean, damn, Tony definitely has the upside, too to really uh you know pay off his value as well so going to be taking some more shares of tony going forward i think that's really it for like major major news right now but we do have some more quick notes that we can hit on here marquise brown has a hamstring injury he was put on the non-football injury list he is eligible to return at any time i wouldn't expect him to miss a, a significant amount of practice with this i mean injuries early in the off season. Uh, usually don't mean anything for week one. Obviously, it hurts that he's not getting those reps in on a new team in a new system. But, you know, he did play with Kyler at Oklahoma, so I guess that's a plus, right? Yeah, I think so. Uh, Other NFI list news, Sammy Watkins is on the list. He will not be practicing at this current time in Green Bay. Christian Watson for the Packers also is absent from practice with an injury that he sustained during OTAs, but they're not expecting him to miss significant time either. Yeah, I mean, Sammy Watkins, who gives a fuck? This dude probably won't even be on the team week one. been on that train he's a he's a he's a career scrub like i hate that we talk about sammy watkins in 2022 uh christian watson i mean yeah not too concerned about him uh right now uh and i obviously haven't been drafting any packers wide receivers which may be bad you know after the season's over and we we take a look back at the season but I don't really care for Christian Watson either. Yeah, he's pretty expensive. Robert Woods is back at practice without a brace. That's good news. He seems to be Mm -hmm. fully on track for week one. Also, Traylon Burks, you know, struggled with conditioning at the beginning of, you know, this offseason. There were the asthma reports. There were the reports that he just wasn't fully in football shape. He's lost a couple of pounds, but you know, the coaching staff still seems to be relatively confident that he is on the right track and, you know, mm-hmm. he knows where he's messed up and that, you know, they're ready for him to to get to get right here. Yeah, I mean, Traylon Burks and, and Robert Woods is a pretty solid one two punch, I think. And, you know, they're going to they're going to have a ton of opportunity in the passing game with really nobody else there, you know, worth mentioning but this offense is is still Derrick Henry's offense so yep Uh, Michael Gallup unsurprisingly is on the PUP list we don't Mm -hmm. really expect him to be ready for week one although it does seem possible that he'll be ready relatively early Uh, McCarthy was quoted today saying that he is in the fourth quarter of his recovery process yeah I mean I I don't think he'll be ready to start the season, so he sh- he should miss the first month of the year. But I think he's still a solid pick in in drafts if you uh, have a nice cowboy stack brewing. Yep, uh, Juju Smith Schuster had a high 
highlight reel catch at Chiefs practice. He's been, quote, running routes all over the field. That's nice to hear just because we've been speculating that Juju Smith-Schuster could be used differently in this Chiefs offense than he was with the Steelers, where he was really relegated to being such a super low dot player. And, you know, we thought that maybe Patrick Mahomes could unlock him and, and, you know, sort of get him back to where he was at the beginning of his career, where he was used all over the field and, you know, could be catching catching passes deep down the field. And, you know, it's nice to see some early reports that back that line of thinking up. Yeah, I mean, how I feel about the situation is I've seen multiple fantasy guys that have large followings be off Juju Smith-Schuster because they are using his previous season statistics against him, which we do not do that here because it is the future. We are projecting for the future. And I changed my opinion. I think that if there's one player that can have a Cooper Cup-esque season this year, it's Juju Smith-Schuster. Oh, I like that. Because if we take a look at the depth chart, there's not that much talent on the depth chart. You have MVS, he's whatever. You have fucking McCole Hardman. Nobody cares about McCole Hardman. You have Sky Moore, rookie, obviously unproven. So I think that... It's kind of very reminiscent of the Cooper Cup situation where there wasn't that much talent behind Cooper Cup, especially once Robert Woods got hurt. Obviously, they brought in Odell at some point in the season, but Cooper Cup just had nobody else to compete with him in terms of targets. And I think Juju Smith-Schuster is a talented wide receiver. He's still young, and I think that he is going to be one of the best value wide receivers this year in fantasy football as a fifth round pick. I say Cooper Cup-esque. I don't expect him to put up 1900 yards but you know 1300 1400 yards at a fifth round ADP which is where Cooper Cup was going around last year that's what I mean by Cooper Cup-esque just in terms of where he's going and the upside that he could potentially have in this new situation yeah I'm not I'm not mad at that at all I've been I've been moving up Juju steadily and, and getting more and more exposure to him I think that he could absolutely be a league winner all in on Juju Smith-Schuster also with the Chiefs Justin Ross is out for the year I don't think that really affects much it's just you know RIP all the dart throws that we took on Ross in the 20th yeah. round is a potentially <laughs> high upside guy he will not yeah, be playing and and probably will never play again unfortunately as a rookie uh, undrafted guy who's going to miss his rookie year it's, it's just tough for players like that to get a second chance so RIP I mean, Justin nah, Ross. He, he, they gave him a three-year contract so he's going to play next year okay all right that's fair that's fair maybe we'll see him again last bit of news is that uh Jalen Rager's still on the Eagles that's that's I just didn't know that I thought he was out of the league so I was reading just Jalen Rager uh, reports, and I, I was just shocked that he is, uh, in fact, still on the Eagles. Yeah, I mean, he shouldn't be on the Eagles uh, for much longer, but <laughs> apparently he did have a good uh, day today in training camp. So. Yeah, I'll, I'll believe <laughs> it when he, he takes a snap for them in week one. <laughs> he won't. Yeah, no, definitely not. All right, that is going to be it for episode 236 of the DFS Dose podcast. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at the DFS Dose as well as our personal Twitters. I'm at Ben Hover. Joey is at Joey Carey in DFS. We will be back next week with all sorts of good stuff, podcast streams. We're going to be figuring out a lot in, in these next coming months as to how the NFL season is going to be playing out. If you guys want to connect with us and stay up to date with what's going on with the podcast, you can join the Inner Circle via our free Discord channel. The link to do so is in the show notes to the podcast. To everybody listening out there, we appreciate you. We value you. Until next time, let's stay accountable and keep it authentic.